Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition Smart Bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. Ready to pop the question? The jewelers at BlueNile.com have got sparkle down to a science with beautiful lab-grown diamonds worthy of your most brilliant moments. Their lab-grown diamonds are independently graded and guaranteed identical to natural diamonds, and they're ready to ship to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. The Hawksby and Jacobs daily podcast from TalkSport. This is Paul Hawksby. And Andy Jacobs. And welcome to the H&J Daily, some of the best bits of this afternoon show. Andy, what are we putting in it today? Well, we had Alistair McGowan on and he was on good form, actually. He was. We had a chat with him. Mike Parry with a really mad bit. Mike Parry expect. in lockdown, yeah. yeah. Uh, Alan Fletcher, our old mate from Australia, stayed up very late to speak Dr. to Dr. Carl in Neighbours. That's right. Uh, Rupert Bell did some live sport for us. He did. And I don't know if we'll do that. We might put that in or not. And we'll see. And uh, uh, the trip to the Hermitage, oh, yes. the famous museum in Moscow, as we dib, uh, dipped, not dibbed, we dipped into the archives. Here it all is. Good afternoon, Andy. Hey, good afternoon, Paul. Good afternoon, everybody. And I, I don't know about anybody else, but I'm finding these sports dockers are really. Keeping me going. And yes. Like, they're really helping. I um, last night I finished the Greavesy one. Yeah. Fantastic. And I should say well done to Tom Boswell, who directed it. Tom, uh, we've spoken to him before. He's yeah. got a great track record, actually. No Hunger in Paradise. Uh, Too Good to Go Down, the story of Manchester United. Yeah, that was very good Galazzo, one, Galazzo, the story of the football Italian. That was all very by good Tom, one, yeah, and this good. was another one. Absolutely excellent. Well yeah. done, mate. I really, really enjoyed it. Great work with the boys in the archive. I thought they turned up some... A lot oh, yeah. of those Greavesy guys Brilliant. I'd never seen. And they're, imagine finding all the Chelsea stuff, especially, was quite hard. God, but they still find some good stuff. That Spurs team of the yeah. They play... There's one goal against... Manchester United, the, th- the third goal. It's just like City. It's just like Pep. Yeah. It's exactly that. What it's, sort of, yeah, it's a slow build-up. Mm. They have a slow build-up. They pass it. I think it's Dave McKay and Blanche. They pass it between each other. Yeah. And then suddenly the play quicks quick yeah. up and it goes to Greasy eventually. He does something brilliant and he scores. Mm. But it, it is that. It's that slow, Change slow, of quick, pace. quick. Yeah. Oh, they passing. were a great side. Really Before my time, well, sadly, in the bulk of it. But no, I remember them side. pretty well. And then I switched to the Forest documentary, which also yeah. looks brilliant. I haven't got that far into it. but No, that's uh, excellent. That I remember but really, really seeing it at the time. Larry Lloyd looks tremendous, doesn't he? I mean, I remember after football, Larry let himself go a bit. It was fair to say, you know, without being rude. And, but blimey, he looks tremendous now. I don't know if you saw him in the film. He's 71. Oh, yes. He no, looks, he did. He looks great. I so. mean, that was the, we didn't get to talk about that. He started trending. The one who looked at the documentary about Miss World 1970, Michael Aspel. Michael Aspel mm. was, about, was about 84. Yeah. He's in fame. looks better than me. Oh, people aren't having a go at him, you know. Things were no, different. He looked, no, he looked in, no, he looked in fantastic oh, no, he nick. Fantastic, it was the point yeah. that uh, he looked, he did yeah. look in quite... Uh, sensational uh, Nick. Yeah, we should do some of these bits that I've got because Star Texters are still going strong even despite everything. This bloke wrote to them to, yesterday mm. and said, 
I wonder what Mother Teresa would make of all this panic. <laughs> what has she got to do with it? She'd say, where can I get some toilet paper? That idiot in Teesside bought 216 rolls. I don't know. What would she make of it? Wasn't there... I, I saw our old mate Crackers. Some guy got a lot of heat on him for buying a lot of toilet rolls, but apparently he was buying for all the old people well, in the yes, area. there will be a bit of that. I'm not sure yeah, the bloke and in I think Teesside the, was the fella, one, This poor fellow was, was pillaried. third time in three days. <laughs> one of the TalkSport listeners uh, alerted us yesterday to this. I haven't watched it. I've recorded it today. Mm. Uh, BBC Four had a documentary last night, Steve McQueen, Le Mans and the Man. Um, and they've, it's basically, the, and they the documentary, oh, seen the film he made yeah, of Le Mans. It, it's very good, though. Yeah. It's uh, excellent. It's, it's supposed to be good. Le Mans, of course, was mm. called off, wasn't it? Or yeah, postponed I'd until September. Yeah, I'd love to see BT yesterday. put back all their 30 for 30s. I think they are starting. I think they're are starting they? yeah, to. Yeah, that would be a brilliant thing. There's a lot can, more documentaries going up those are terrific, uh, at the moment. Uh, without so. fail, they're all excellent. And they're, they're about subjects you don't even know about, but they still somehow pull you in. They're, they're yeah. really good. The oldest modern bird fossil has been found uh, by the Cambridge University team yeah. called <clears throat> Wonder Chicken. They dug up the remains... Wonder Chicken? <coughs> Excuse me, they dug no. up the... <laughs> Just not the virus, don't worry. Just not the virus. Just <laughs> clearing up. Uh, sorry, not clearing up. Cambridge University team dug up the remains from just before the dinosaur extinction, sixty-seven million years ago. And I was yeah, thinking, they're probably using that for soup next week. I can worry about. Yeah, you've got to repurpose it. <laughs> this was great from uh, uh, somebody in the in the business today. It says drones for dusting, uh, AI butlers to sort out bills, and how and house robots that change the robots. sheets. House robots that change. I'm struggling as well. Yeah, Change the sheets will be normal by 2040. Meanwhile, yeah. we can't deal with a virus. So, I mean, it's all great to know this. It's great to know it's in two... Terrific, I'm going to have an AI butler who sorts out... To, I, 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 I hate you, butler. From the pavilion end, AI yeah. butler. Yeah, but uh, none of this stuff matters at the moment, does it really? No, not really. And three rabbits, including one hiding in a crisp box, were dumped in a trolley at Morrison's in Barry South. I bet they got snapped up. They're bound to be, aren't they? <laughs> I hope in. you mean as pets, Andy, for oh, yes. young kids who are at home with the schools closed. <laughs> oh, yes. There's something more sinister to oh, that. No, no, no. It's kids, if you're listening. And, uh, st- yeah, I've, I've got an idea for next oh, yeah. week when the kids are off, but uh, I'll, I'll, I'll bring okay, that, okay, I'll bring that to you a little bit later Racing on. Racing today uh, comes to you from, I wouldn't say live, but a sort of semi-live, yeah. from Turffontaine. I have no idea where that is. I presume it's near <laughs> Bloemfontein. It's in South Africa, I know that. I mean... <laughs> They've not put a lot of work into that, have they? It's like the Fontaine bit is is a bit of a staple yeah. of South Africa. Yeah. So you you want to name a race course, and so you just put turf in front of it. <laughs> put true. your backs into it. Well, what about the name of the race? It's the uh, the one fifty five. It's the Join Us for the Johannesburg Prawn Festival for April, Mister Eighty Eight Handicap. Oh, okay, fantastic. Good luck to Rupert Bell, who's going to be commentating for us. Well, we don't know. That's a bit of seafood roulette. That is the old um, Johannesburg Prawn Festival. But I'm sure it's fantastic. It sounds like a good do, doesn't it? You must do a show from there. And well done to the Palace stars who uh, cheered up a a girl who'd been bullied at school because she wanted to to support the team. Yeah, she wore the kit for school. The kit and the people were horrible to her. But uh, anyway, Vincenti Guaita offered his gloves. The Palace women's team wore her as a mascot. So the dad said that she's delighted. And where and was she just, going? This why? I mean, if she went to school in Croydon. I wasn't. I guess she wasn't no, alone wasn't, in being the only Wakefield. Oh, okay. Was yeah, this like so dad's? Well, dad's a Palace fan or something? That must be one of them. I wasn't don't it? know. She, she yeah. just said she. She came home. So yeah, dad's a Palace fan. Ah, that's probably what it she was. She didn't want to follow the Eagles because she was bullied at school. So they made a bit of an effort. The Hawksby and Jacobs Daily Podcast from Talk Sport. Joining us uh, out on tour uh, later this year. Fingers Hopefully. crossed. Yes. Yeah, maybe we may have to have a slight rejig of the dates. Is uh, comedian, impressionist, actor, 
pianist, let's not forget, and Leeds fan, Alistair McGowan. Good afternoon, Alistair. Hello, Paul. Hi, Andy. How are you? Good, yeah, thank you. Bad, I mean, I see you kick off on the 2nd of <clears throat> May, so I suppose that's fairly fluid at the moment, is it? Yeah, I think the 2nd of May has just been cancelled. Uh, um, some of the other dates have been cancelled. They were all sold, a lot of them were sold out, which is rather oh. nice. Uh, but I believe that they're looking at uh, putting them back until September, so gives me a bit more time to practice the piano pieces and uh, <laughs> see what's going on by the time I hopefully get back on the road. You, is, that, you, is that a I, new string to your bow? Well, no, I, tell you, yeah. I remember, you, I think we may have even talked about it, or read somewhere that you played as a kid but sort of stopped. You, were quite, you played as a very young child, didn't you? Yeah, I was uh, eight or nine and uh, I started to play the piano for a couple of years and then you mentioned being a Leeds fan. We'll come on to that in a minute. But <laughs> yes, football just dominated my life as a kid and I thought piano playing was a bit sissy and I didn't want to do it and uh, so I stopped and got into my teenage years and straight away at age 18, 19 at university I thought oh I wish I was able to impress people especially people of the opposite sex with my piano playing why did I give all this up and then I kept thinking that for 30 years and finally went back to it uh, about five years ago. Oh really and did, was it like riding a bike? No, not at all. <laughs> uh, no, I can't think of an analogy. But uh, I tell you, in these times, actually, it's one thing that's keeping me going. And mm. uh, at the moment, I think everybody's scrabbling around trying to think, you know, what do I do about this? What do I do about that? And eventually, especially if London goes into lockdown or whatever happens, we are going to be spending a lot of time at home, uh, either on our own or with families. And I must say, if you, if you are on your own... Uh, to take up a musical instrument again for the next few months. I couldn't recommend anything better, a better way of putting all this behind you and concentrating on something and taking your mind off things for a couple of hours. It's, uh, music is absolutely a wonderful distraction and an expression at, uh, at any time, but particularly at the moment. It's true, but not necessarily for your neighbours if you take up a new instrument. But well, uh, there is that learning the violin from scratch. <laughs> true. Well, they're going to be in. Normally my neighbours are out. Uh, but I have true. to have an electric well, keyboard as well so I can play on that. And, oh, uh, okay. I don't know what you make down. of this, Alistair, but I was re reading this morning that uh, a few couple of comedians or three or four comedians are getting together to have their own sort of online festival. They're going to sort of perform, because they can't perform anywhere, they'll perform online and they'll, you'll have a facility if you want to pay and you know, make a little contribution. And I wonder if we'll see more of this, because I I mean, you know, I'd quite like to tune in and watch you do a bit of a performance. It might be quite fun. Uh, yeah, maybe. I mean, there's so much back stuff as well, though. That's the thing. I mean, I suppose people want to talk about what's happening, and uh, it's wonderful some of the responses. You know, people are finding, you know, uh, ways around things which which are amusing, which are lighthearted, and we all need to take our mind off things. But, uh, you know, I'm like all you and all your listeners, I'm sure. It's, football's always been a huge part of my life, and... Mm. Uh, it's, it's it's wonderful to listen to, to talk sport and sometimes hear voices. You think, oh, I haven't heard that person. You're, you're interviewing various people and you think, we're, we're missing the likes of, you know, Jürgen. Uh, Jürgen Klopp suddenly not speaking. <laughs> you're hearing him every week. And Mourinho as well. You know, as somebody who uh, we're not hearing a lot of at the moment. Yeah, yeah that's true. We're not to hear these voices. That's right. There's uh, so much a staple of talk sport, mm, all the football are. managers. and we're, Motti often is, is in with us, and we've, we haven't got any games to talk about, so we've, we've, Motti's having a bit of a break, but we miss him, don't we? Normally in tomorrow. Yeah, these voices are part of your life, and uh, mm. it's, it's very strange. Last night I, I put your channel on, your station on, and uh, I'm not sure who it was, but somebody was talking with Danny Kelly about, uh, I think, or after Danny Kelly, about the Newcastle Liverpool match of 1996. Yeah, you go. And they've been you? sent to listen to that. I don't know if anybody heard it. And uh, yeah, yeah, it was that... wonderful. I thought, hey, I could, I could dust up all my old impressions of Kevin Keegan, you know, <laughs> and people like that. And uh, <laughs> we're all looking backwards and enjoying football from the past. And uh, 
you know, for me, that would be great because most of my impressions were, were done in the mid-90s, if I'm honest with you. So <laughs> I would love it if people suddenly started saying, do Kevin again, you know. You're doing impressions as well as playing piano on the tour, aren't you? Is that right? If the tour happens, that's the yeah. way it happens, yeah. yeah. I, uh, I, I, do, I play about 13 pieces of short classical piano music. Hmm. And in a way, the original tour, which is this, this is still the same thing, but it's the third year of it now, I called the original one Introductions to Classical Piano. So the idea was that I was introducing people perhaps to classical music who hadn't heard it before in very short romantic pieces, uh, short bursts, nothing more than about four minutes long, pieces by the likes of Chopin and Grieg and Debussy and Satie, more modern writers than that, like Philip Glass and a man called Jan Tiersen who writes a lot of film music. Mm. And I introduce each piece by telling the audience about that composer, but also then digress into impressions that are vaguely related to them. Right. So um, I'm not quite sure now how I did it, but uh, or do it, so I haven't done it for a while. But, well, you uh, could do Greg and Debussy, point, Harry, and Harry no, one, Kane, no one would know, uh, would they? There, and <laughs> I was right. going about Harry Kane, and uh, and then I, I go into a piece by Debussy. So I, I think you know, to be fair, <laughs> yeah, it's, like, it's the first time that. Harry Kane has introduced a piece of music by uh, by, by Debussy. I might be wrong, but I think, no, no, I think it's a world first, isn't it? I think it definitely is. <laughs> it would be, yeah. yeah it's very good. Yeah. Is there anybody else that... I mean, it's good to know there's some sporting people featuring on, on the old piano tour as well. I mean, beyond, beyond sport, are there other people that will be popping up or being well on the tour? Well, obviously, our Prime Minister, who's doing a sterling job at the moment in keeping us all informed, and I don't know how, how much work it's possible to do, but I know that Boris... <laughs> and his team are doing more than is possibly humanly possible uh, working around the clock. But Boris definitely will be in there. Um, I think also uh, my, my Federer routine I've been doing for seven or eight years now. Hopefully Federer will still be playing yeah. by the time tennis comes back in September. But, uh, yeah, my Roger Federer routine... Uh, continues to make people laugh. I think people <laughs> seem to enjoy hearing me doing Fedro. Always seems to be about to laugh when, or cry whenever he's interviewed. I don't know which it is. <laughs> now, we mentioned Leeds and the, the fact that mm. it's just been announced by all the governing bodies that the 1920 season will be extended indefinitely. We, they will play it out. Must have been, well, must be music the Orias. Well, yes. Uh, you say now. You say Leeds fan. As a kid, I was mad keen that 1970s era. Mm. That's when I followed Leeds, and my whole life was about Don Revie's Leeds United. Yeah. Uh, when that team came to an end, really, I, I switched allegiances and used to go to my local team. They were 35 miles away, but that was Coventry City. Ah. So I and I then, since moving to London, I've, I no longer have a team. Right. So somebody somewhere wrote I was a Leeds fan. I I was a Leeds fan. Ah. I was a Coventry fan. I still look for their results first, and hey, at the moment it's pretty good. They're top of the second and third divisions, yeah. as we used to call them. Well, they were uh, such so a yeah, dominant force at the time you followed them. It's hard to believe they've been out the, the Premier League for such a long time because I think they won uh, the, the league sort of twenty odd. What well, is it that long? It's a bit more than that, there, isn't it? Yeah, it was, it was nineteen ninety-two, ninety-three under Howard Wilkinson, of course, who, who, who again was somebody at that time that I <laughs> very much enjoyed uh, 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 impersonating, if you like. Uh, but yeah, it's, it's a long time since Leeds are in the we're in the top flight now. I mean, last uh, night, but uh, they, they'd be, mm. you know, it'd be fantastic to have them back in the top division. Yeah. And same for Coventry. I mean, they were there all through my youth and uh, slipped out of the league when was it 2008, I think, maybe yeah, before yeah. that. Yeah, yeah. Last night on the uh, Forest documentary, which is 
brilliant documentary. I'll recommend it to you. And uh, they've got a, a sort of fuller version. The thing starts with that interview with Austin Mitchell, Cluffy, and Don and Revy. Don Revy. Yeah, and it's fascinating. I've never seen. I've seen short clips, but this was a longer bit, and it's really it's, fascinating. it's a brilliant bit of TV. I'm sure you've seen it, Alistair, over the years, haven't you? Yeah, that's right. I mean, their rivalry was intense. I mean, it was it was probably only rivaled that sort of uh, antagonism by perhaps the. Uh, the foggy when Surrey was in charge of Man United, I mean, we had all those run-ins, you know, <laughs> with Arsene Wenger and Wenger at Arsenal at the time, and, you know, there was a little bit of animosity, I think, between the two of them, and uh, that was a similar time for football, with those two <laughs> managers that you had, and uh, not respecting each other, different methods, different ways of working. It's <laughs> his second time a, on talks. I was always today. massively impressed with your... Well, I don't know what he made of it himself, I'm sure he saw the funniest, but your Rio Ferdinand always used to get... It was uncanny, I always used to feel. I don't know if it's one you can pull up from... You can dredge up from nowhere, but it was always a very good impression. Oh, that's very kind of you. Uh, yeah, it's one of them that uh, you know, I didn't even <laughs> think about uh, what I was doing in a way, but it just seemed to to, to happen, and it just, it just came good. And uh, yeah, it was, it was nice to do, man. I, I enjoyed doing that. You never know which ones are going to work and which ones aren't. And certainly on stage, it's interesting with football. I mean, I, my wife always says I do too much football in my act. Um, oh, no, no, no. And then I do this routine, which I'll do for you now. She says I do too much football. And then uh, a couple of years ago, she got very interested in football herself when mm. Leicester looked like they were going to win the Premier League. She got so excited. There so many people did that season. Yeah. And I came home once and she said, did you know Leicester have signed two new English players called Alf? And I said, what are their surnames? She said, I don't know what their surnames are. They haven't got surnames, but they're called Alf. <laughs> I thought this can't be right. But Alf. no, we watched Match of the Day that weekend and there was... Gary Lineker saying to Claudio Ranieri, so Claudio, great result uh, uh, recently for Leicester, not a great result for them today, but you must be still very pleased, four points clear at the top of the Premier League. And Ranieri said, hey, Gary, for us today, uh, the result, uh, not a great result, but uh, hmm, what pleased me was the performance of all my players. First, the Alpha, very, very good. <laughs> Second, the Alpha, even better. <laughs> so my wife was right. There were two elves. The two oh, elves. Yeah, yeah. Game of two elves. Uh, good stuff. Brilliant. Alistair, lovely to talk to you. We, we do hope the tour can go ahead, uh, albeit maybe at a later date, but people should still look out for their tickets. Uh, yeah. Um, and where can they go? Where, where's the best place to go and find out more about the dates and any changes that may happen? Uh, well, I imagine the website will be updated at yeah. some point, but at the moment everything's in flux. Some venues are saying we'll move it, some are having to pull out altogether, but uh, hopefully it will happen at some point and I'm sure nobody will lose out. And as I say, it gives me more time to practice. Brilliant. There's no distraction of football. I haven't even got to listen to the likes of Nigel Pearson and work on Nigel's very unusual way of saying maybe one word at a time, which <laughs> is something that is quite unique to him. It is. holds your attention, doesn't it? It, it does. Old Nigel's way of doing his desk. There's some management method in there. Alistair, good yeah, to talk to you. football, yes. Yeah. <laughs> good, good. yeah. Imagine him doing stand. That's, that's one for the, the next series on TV. It's uh, in, in that kind of Stuart Lee comedy vehicle, but with Nigel Pearson. That go. would be good, looking into the monitor, shouting at the audience. Uh, cheers, Alistair. All the best. Thanks very much. Thanks very much, boys. Thanks for having me on. The Hawksby and Jacobs Daily Podcast from TalkSport. If you thought the only way to get a more defined jawline with natural-looking results was through surgery, think again. Juvederm Volux XC is a non-surgical injectable gel filler that improves moderate to severe loss of jawline definition and can help you achieve natural-looking results with little downtime. Even better, this improved definition lasts up to one year with optimal treatment. No maintenance required. Improve jawline definition for a smooth, sculpted look with Juvederm Volux XC. 
For important safety information and to find a licensed specialist, visit Juvederm.com. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Not for people with severe allergic reactions, allergies to lidocaine, or the proteins used in Juvederm. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. There's a risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. Talk to a licensed specialist to find out if it's right for you. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile unlimited premium wireless. Ready to get 30 30, get 30, get 20 20, 20 get 20 20, get 15 15, 15 15 just 15 bucks a month. So, give it a try at mintmobile.com/switch. $45 up front for 3 months plus taxes and fees. Promo rate for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. The Hawksby and Jacobs daily podcast from TalkSport. Mike Parry joins us. Good afternoon, Mike. Yeah, good afternoon, fellas. Um, not a money launderer. I'd like to defend myself there. Yeah. More of a money washer. Money washer. That's well, I suppose yeah. it's kind of laundry after. I was going for a sensational headline, Mike. You worked for yeah. Her Majesty's Gutter Press. You can appreciate that. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. No, ab- ab- absolutely. Yeah. The thing is, fellas, it, it, it's uh, some of it's connected to you, the, the money uh, laundering, oh, money right. washing, because, okay. <laughs> of course, I was with you in um, Cheltenham last week. Yeah, okay, yes, yeah. Glorious time there. You had a fantastic um, festival, fellas. Well done. And then I wasn't with you on the day of the Gold Cup. So I went to my local uh, bookmakers because there wasn't a huge panic around about, um, you know, coronavirus then. And I put a modest bet on and I got the first and second horses at £10 each way. Wow, very and good. So, so I got 80 quid, OK? Mm. So I brought that £80 home on Monday this week. And the minute I got through the door and I thought how many people had handled that money yeah. in a betting shop, you know, and, and how many times I'd had swapped hands, it just occurred to me that um, it might not be clean money. So I, I washed one of the £20 notes. I mean, thoroughly washed it, you know, <laughs> put it into a basin and I think so. Left it for about 20 minutes yeah. and it dried out. Wow. And so I then not only washed the other four £20 notes, mm. I washed all the spare money I've got around the house. Yeah. Um, as long as it was plastic because uh, you can't try and wash the old money. I think the old money is now only in the form of £20 notes, OK? Mm. Um, you can't wash that because it just goes soggy. <laughs> <laughs> so, so I ended up washing that eighty pounds in twenty, and about a hundred and thirty pounds of tenors that I found. Wow! So, 
I have got clean money. You're not alone in this because yes. Mike Batt, the man behind the Wombles, the songwriter, yeah. musician, Mike's been uh, Mike Batt's been boiling his coins, not an appalling <laughs> oh, euphemism, right. although it yeah. sounds like it. Yeah. He's actually yeah. been getting all the coins in he's got in the house and sticking them in boiling water. He's been boiling his coins, Mike. So that, that may be an extension of your money washing. Uh, I think I think it's a brilliant idea. I wouldn't bother. I would just throw the coins away. Oh, okay. I couldn't be bothered to. <laughs> yeah, no, seriously, yeah. I would. I mean, for ages, mm. I've I've um, been aware of the amount of dirt that goes on to metal coins. Mm. And I tell you what, years ago, I wish I'd found out about, um, you know, using a plastic card to touch for everything that you you purchase. And when some of my colleagues at Talk Sport who were younger than me first got onto this method of uh, using a touch card, OK, yeah. I used to feel sorry for them. I used to think they haven't got any money. They're not getting paid well enough. So I was buying all the drinks all the time mm. with money in my pocket, trying to help these, what I thought were poor people out. But they weren't poor. They were just far more sensible than me. <laughs> and I was, meanwhile, going around, shelling out coins and pounds and all that and getting all sorts of filth on my hands. Well, I don't deal in coins now at all. Right. You know, if it, if it rounds up to anything less than a pound, anybody who wants it can have it. I'll, I'll just get on with the plastic now. <laughs> now, Mike, before we... we we're mm. going to go to the live racing in a moment, but first, sure. um, you, you had a... You, you've not been able to go to the pub this week. It's been a first for you after, after many years. Well, yeah, I mean, the point is, you can't mix in pubs, can you, even if they're still open? Uh, you've got to remember, fellas, without getting the violins out, I'm very high risk. You are. You know, I've got That's a very true. dodgy ticker, I've got diabetes, and uh, that makes me far more susceptible to the virus. And, of course, I don't want to go mixing with people if I'm carrying it and it hasn't sort of broken out. No. But uh, I stopped going to the pub. I was away on the coast on... Uh, Sunday and lots of fresh air there. That was great. No problem walking along the top of the cliffs and all that. Got back Monday, decided no more. So this is the fourth consecutive day now of no pub. That hasn't happened to me since I was 16, OK? Four <laughs> consecutive days out of the pub. But I have to, I have to, of course, point out that for seven months when I was in Harefield Hospital, yeah. I wasn't allowed to leave my hospital bed and go down to the local pub. No. But, of course, I was sort of properly ill then, whereas I'm sort of virus ill now. Well, look, we we will catch up with you again um, no uh, over the next couple of weeks, Mike. Yeah. We'll check in with Stay you on well, a regular Mike. basis because we feel like we have a duty to make... As you said, you are at risk, yeah. so we'll we'll reflect yeah. that. We'll, we'll have the Mike Parry lockdown yeah. diary. <laughs> we'll, we'll, we'll catch up with you <laughs> soon, good. Mike. All the best. Uh, all right, fellas, and take great care in those studios, fellas, and take great care about town to everybody. Thank you very much. The Hawksby and Jacobs Daily Podcast from TalkSport. Live racing them from Turffontein in South Africa. Uh, Rupert Bell will commentate. We want you to get involved. We're going to talk you through the runners and riders. Uh, good afternoon, Rup. Good afternoon. Welcome to Turffontein. My life has changed in a week. <laughs> yeah. uh, and and it's, a, it's such a joy to be commentating on the Join Us for the Joburg's Prawn Festival 4th of the April, Mr. 88 Handicap. Yes. I, the I magic feel like of that the race. Time. Rupert, can, can we just oh, run through all of the horse? Can you give us all the names of the horses? Because I think the, the people at home might like to just virtually get on one today. So can we have all the runners and riders? Well, well Number one is Popsicle Toes, ridden by Warren Kennedy, who's been in good form already today with two winners. Major Ooh. Return is in number two. Uh, and then it's Skimitnack, number three. Zealand Zest, ridden by Dennis Schwartz, uh, is carrying a nine-stone one. Wordiness is number five. Gentleman's Wager, likely to be the favourite. And that is uh, uh, number six. Yeah. Taurus Express is number seven, mm. Carito number eight, Poppycock, the one grey in the red by the Apprentice, Cole Dick, and, and finally hit for six, 
uh, Craig Batham on board number 10. Now, Andy, you're on hit for six. Yeah, so I'm going each way. I know it's a big outsider. 16 but I, to yeah, one. I'm going for the cricket connotation there, so I'm going hit for six. I'm looking for a major return on this, so I'm going for major return. Andy Smyre, old mate, was with us at Cheltenham last week, comedy store player. He's already on this, for real. He's on Tyrus Express. Yeah. Rupert, what would you, you're the world's worst punter. What would you be going for this <laughs> afternoon? Um... Well, I, being pretending I'm a gentleman, I'd be going for gentleman's wager, um, yes. <laughs> uh, potentially. But I really, to tell you the truth, haven't got a Scooby-Doo. Uh, <laughs> to your honest. This isn't Cheltenham, we're Why aware of Why did you say that last week? But Rupert's been to Turfontaine. You've been there, haven't you? Have you? Yeah, I went there in about 1992, just after Nelson was released. A whole lot of us went over, mm. including Neil Manthorpe of oh, this yeah. parish. Yeah. Um, we went over and, and moved over there and had a... And I went racing. I went down racing in Joburg and Turfontaine, where, where, uh, where uh, Turfontaine is based, is in Johannesburg. Then went down to Durban, went to South Africa, uh, Cape Town racing. So I got a, I got a bit of a, a, a sort of a, a taster for it. And it was yeah. very well run, even back then. Fantastic. Is, what is this on? It's inside Joburg, you're right. Yeah, is this on? What sort of surface is this on? Is it on the all weather? It's grass. It's, it's all got, grass. And they're they're on, and I'll tell you what, they're underway. Oh, God. So, well, I was a bit alarmed because my picture was suddenly showing a picture of a dog track. So I was suddenly thinking, <laughs> what was I about to commentate on? Give us but your best shot. All, go on, take it away. I, uh, here we go. Skimminak is leading with Popsicle Toes on the outside. Now, this is a course set high up in the uh, uh, Joe Berg uh, and High Velt. And so this is a race over one mile, one furlong. Thank you for the sound effects in the background. <laughs> Skiminak is leading at the moment with Poppycock on the outside, a bit like this commentary. <laughs> on the inside of that one is Major Return, Zealand Zest and Gentleman's Wager. Uh, and Zealand Zest actually has just been relegated back to last, along with wordiness. So still leading them away is Skiminak with popsicle toes on the outside. Then it's uh, uh, looking on the inside of that is uh, uh, one that I can't actually work out because they've changed the colours, which is... Ah, oh, number seven. That's not the colours that were down in my paper. Tyrus Express uh, is, in oh, Tyrus Express. is in third. It is in third. So uh, I've got that one. Suddenly it was supposed to be white colours. It's gone green. So a uh, bit of a commentator's nightmare there, but I hope you forgive me. <laughs> now we're starting to get a bit serious on the race. And still leading is Skimmanak. Then it is Popsicle Toes. Then Taurus Express, Poppycock. Then we have a Gentleman's Wager poised to strike in about fifth spot as they start now to, uh, to pick up and uh, head towards the final stages of this one mile, two furlong contest. As they now start to race in earnest, the back marker, unfortunately, uh, looks to be hit for six. Anyway, as they now start really getting serious, <laughs> and Skiminak is trying to skin the field at the moment because he's leading by two lengths, and Gentleman Wager is trying to get in pursuit along with Tyrus Express. And it's on the far side, I can see Wordiness trying to pick up, but at the moment, Skiminak has made it easy Come for me because it's never been headed, and Tyrus... <laughs> Taurus Express is rallying and on the near side gentlemen's wager will the line come in time for Skiminak he's holding on by about a length and a half and Skiminak has won the join us for the Joburg's Prawn Festival 4th of the April uh, 4th of April must the 88th handicap it will live long in the Bell sporting memory fantastic so gold cup one week and uh, and this one that's fantastic well done Rupert a great, a great effort uh, well done Rupert and you can even bring us news of the Prawn Festival because uh, which it was oh. named after you've been there have you been there or do you know about it no but on the 4th of april which was the day i was supposed to be going to the grand national they also have the sa derby at turnfontaine but as part of the off course um, things that you can enjoy 
in the most landlocked place in South Africa is a prawn festival. Right. So, uh, you know, that, <laughs> and all fun of the fair. So you can get, I imagine crayfish should probably be on the menu, but uh, prawn festivals, they'll be shipped in and you can help you enjoy a great day at Turfentain should you be so inclined to witness one of their feature races of the year, the SA Derby. Fantastic. I can vouch for you there, Rupert. We were watching the race. You still did a brilliant job. You did, just, yeah. yeah top, so there we are. Top, at the winner, Tyrus Express in second, and uh, Gentleman's Wager in third. Yes. So, well, thank you, Rupert. Bit of fun. Thanks, Rupert. We, we, may, we, make, we may do this again sometime. <laughs> My career's taking a new turn recently. <laughs> we'll find got, something even more obscure for It's you got a time. new low, as Rupert will be saying. Yeah, he'll be telling us. The Hawksby and Jacobs Daily Podcast from TalkSport. Alan Fletcher, yeah. Dr. Carl Kennedy, was supposed to come over to the UK uh, and be in the studio with us, but, of course, uh, circumstances meant that didn't happen. But he has, we're very pleased to say, joined us now from uh, Melbourne. Uh, Alan, good to talk to you. Hello, Paul. Hello, Andy. Hi, Alan. Good to speak to you, and uh, congratulations. It's been absolutely tremendous. I mean, we've been double episodes every day this week on Channel 5, and uh, I, don't, I can't remember the series it being better or more exciting. It's been so dramatic. It has. This is like a year's planning here, Andy, to get to get this uh, on air, and, and, and also you know, to shoot an extra five episodes within our own schedule was quite extraordinary. It required uh, a massive effort from everyone involved. Um, Scott Major t- took, took charge of directing the special uh, Endgame episodes shown at 10pm at night. And my goodness, they're so exciting. We had a, a special screening for all the cast and crew. And, you know, you can imagine the atmosphere of watching all five of them at once. Uh, quite quite extraordinary episodes have really really lit up fans' expectations. We thought when Andy Andy gave away a bit of a spoiler earlier well, on. Well, the so. thing is, <laughs> I, I had a I had a sweep with myself uh, earlier in the week, and when I thought you were coming on on Monday, didn't know you were coming. And before they were shown, I reckoned it was going to be B. I thought B was definitely a goner. Yeah. Uh, I thought Baby Aster, she was going to go. And I thought Finn himself, but I've been completely wrong. Uh, first one down was Denise Van Outen. What a disaster. I didn't have her in my <laughs> Fell suite. at the first fence, did she? Oh, dear, oh, dear. I mean, what an end. That's a hell of, hell of, hell of a way to go. <laughs> <laughs> really? And what was, was it, a bizarre gardening too. accident? It, Can you t- no, basically, she opened a wedding present that yeah. was meant for her and uh, Gary. Yeah. And uh, basically... They had a bomb in it. Oh no! Which is a bit of a disaster. The whole car went up. It was a oh, it was terrible. Oh, wow, really. wait, that is it was a nice car that? as well. I think it's a, it's a, a nice car as well. <laughs> well, actually, the, I can I can actually tell you, Andy. Also, apparently, it did. Did the car didn't go up the first time? Right. Um, just as as a behind the scenes snippet when they were shooting that. Really? The uh, of course they had to blow the car up and it didn't go off the first time. <laughs> so the poor the poor bloke doing the doing the it was in charge had, had to approach the vehicle very tentatively to find out what had gone wrong <laughs> and hope it didn't go up while he was yeah. he was playing around with it wow. uh, but a spectacular yeah, spectacular explosion and um yeah it was, uh, it was i have to say what a joy it was having denise come over and work with us as well what a marvelous marvelous actor and a bit of an icon in your own country of course yeah um and an absolute joy to have her on board and a, a real a real symbol of how the affection that uh, neighbours is held in in uh, for a lot of 
UK actors mm. who who love the soap as well. So I would imagine Joe Connell was in it this week, wasn't he? The uh, the former yeah. radio presenter who's gone and made his life. Oh in yeah, yeah. He's, he got a little role. He got that thing that I've always wanted to do. He got a little cameo in it, and uh, <clears throat> I did feel a bit for Toadie though this week. He went. I think he's going to be all right, but I'm not sure. And uh, Finn, basically, this villain, the complete villain of the piece. Oh, yeah. Uh, who's reverted to full Finn. He's completely mad. Wow. He basically... Took... Is he worse than Paul? Is he worse than oh, Paul Robinson? Oh, well, he's much worse than Paul, wow. isn't he? Okay, I mean, he wow. took Toadie out. It's a new level he? of villain, is it? I mean, Toadie's had so much happen to him, you think, oh, don't, not poor Toadie again. <laughs> <laughs> I know. And and, and that, hmm. the gash on his head... I. I remember the day that he was in. He was. I came to work one day, and the makeup department had done his head. Um, <laughs> his gash on his head. He was sitting at his desk in the green room. I walked into the green room. He just turned around and went, "Oh, hello, mate." I, I, the makeup was just so astounding. I, I almost fell to the floor, <laughs> thinking, "What the hell's happening here?" Um, shocking, a shocking wound. Um, and uh, you can well imagine what it was like for him shooting it because he, he told me they, they put, pushed him out into a little boat and the boat caught by the, by the current and he ended up getting washed onto some rocks and was <laughs> seriously thinking, it was, what the hell's going to happen to me out here? Because he, he was supposed to be unconscious in a boat that was being smashed up against rocks. It was quite a, a perilous shoot, that particular one as well. I mean, despite all the, the drama, I suppose it, it, it is a source of escapism, uh, um, oh, Neighbours yes. and all the other well, fine uh, continuing dramas at the moment with everything that's going on. What sort of situation are you in in Melbourne, Alan, at the moment? Well, I suspect it's very similar to your own. Uh, I mean, essentially, uh, you know, uh, my neighbours is carrying on as as per normal. That's we're not doing anything unusual there. We've obviously set ourselves up to be completely prepared for um, for worst case scenarios to make sure that everyone's health and safety is well protected. Um, but you know, we we are absolutely committed to making sure that neighbours continues on. Uh, and provides enjoyment for audiences, particularly given so many people now are going to be locked into their homes. Um, you know, it's it's even more important for us to make sure that they've uh, they've got a program to watch. Uh, Mel- Melbourne is um, like all all the Australian capitals, of course, are. Uh, when there's, there's not a sense of any sort of panic or anything like that. Our numbers are not huge, but there is a real sense of so- the social distancing is a very very important you know, part of our daily routine. And um, people are very, very mindful of looking after each other here. Um, I, I personally uh, am not at work at the moment because I, I'm on a, on a break from, from the show, uh, right. uh, the sort of break we have every year. So I'm actually kind of keeping myself pretty much to myself here, mm. um, you know, just, just uh, practising all the sensible things, social distancing, uh, constant hand washing, that sort of thing. Um, you know, and, and just making making sure that we all do our bit to, to not spread this virus around. Well, if you so go out of the house as well, people think you're a doctor and they'll start asking you to, to do stuff, won't they? Asking you for advice. That's the problem. <laughs> it's, all, yeah, it's all a bit tricky, that, Paul. I... I, I, I um, <laughs> I, I actually wear a, I wear a mask. It's hmm. uh, it's got Toadie's face on it, so they don't ask me any questions. <laughs> Soap operas here, Alan, of uh, like Coronation Street have banned any kissing scenes. So uh, you and Susan will have to leave the blue box alone for a little bit of time. I think. Oh, okay. <laughs> yeah, abs- absolutely. The there is no, not not to be not to be any intimacy at all. Yeah. Um, yeah. It's a real it's a real shame. Of course, uh, Jackie and I were to be in the UK, um, and. Um, uh, I got a bit of a surprise actually when a, when a friend contacted me and said, uh, "I just heard that you're you're going to be on Talk Sport today." Oh, yeah, and I well, thought, we... "Gee, that's 
I'm sure that I'm not sure yeah I'm going to do that. Um, but uh, yeah, no, we were supposed to be over there, and we were going to be doing some filming in and around uh, the UK. But um, we've we've had to make the obvious adaptions, and it's such a shame we're not there. We would have, of course, got trapped if we had come over because sure. Australia's not letting letting anyone back in um, uh, without a 14-day quarantine, which could have been a bit tricky. So uh, I am hoping to get back. I'm, I'm planning to come back in September. Um, that's my that's my hope. Um, but, you know, it's an ever-changing scenario at the moment. And uh, and we just yeah, cross our fingers. And I just, I just hope all of our fans and, and supporters and everyone in the UK looks after themselves. I hope you're all well. And uh, that, you know, that, that uh, this passes quickly and uh, everyone gets through as safely as possible. Here, here, yeah, absolutely. Thanks, the, yeah. um, I mean, the, the good news from a football point of view, that does pale in significance at the moment, but the good news from a Liverpool point of view, from your point of view, is that the football authorities have said uh, the, the integrity of the competitions will prevail. They will see out the seasons uh, that are currently ongoing no matter what. So, um, barring a real slip-up, uh, I would imagine that Liverpool will be crowned champions, which, as a big fan, I'm sure you'll be delighted with. Oh, absolutely. I, I was to have been to Anfield uh, March 21, which was the Palace game, and you know, all things being equal, that may have been the game we we won the league. And uh, I, you know, I'm, I, I, that's obviously not happening now. But as Jurgen Klopp said himself, uh, he said football always seems the most important of the least important things. <laughs> um, and today, today football and football matches really aren't all important at all. But um, I, I have to say that you know I, I, I wait with great anticipation for that joyous moment when, uh, as I'm sure will happen, Liverpool win the win the league for the first time there in 30 years and um, uh, thoroughly thoroughly deserve it. I have to say it's one of the best teams I've I've ever seen go around for the club. A little bit of a disappointment recently, of course, with Champions League and FA Cup exits, but. Um, uh, I quite that, enjoyed yeah, that, that one myself. <laughs> I'm sure you did. Yeah. <laughs> I, was thinking, I was thinking of you, Andy. I must say, um, yeah, it was it was it was a strange time. There was a lot of football happening all at once, of course, and uh, it seems as though Liverpool haven't been blessed. We 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 we've, we've had a few sort of uh, uh, keeper keeper errors yeah. at crucial moments in in big games, uh, um, so, uh, and that's that's always you know, hard to watch. But um, yeah, look at the league. The league's the big prize, and it, it sits there and waits for the club. And um, I, I noticed that, that there was a lot of um, a sort of a joint broadcast of uh, "You'll Never Walk Alone" around Europe as a sort of solidarity thing, which was really nice. And uh, yes, well, we'll be we'll be watching and singing in Melbourne the day it happens. Well, just one final one. I, I tuned into the uh, Aussie Rules earlier on today. A slightly eerie scene behind closed doors in the G, a place that can hold ninety plus thousand people. And uh, the season yep. got underway, didn't it? It was kind of look. I mean, uh, the sport was still the sport, but it, uh, without the fans, it's never quite the same, is it? It isn't. I mean, you know, as you say, you, you miss those roars and so forth. I, I, it, it makes it look like a practice match, really. But I did watch the game myself as well, mm. and um, of course, you know, you, you know, if you actually sort of block the, block out the fact there's no one there and just listen to the commentary and watch the football, then. It was. It's still. The, it's still great, a great game. It's still great skills. Um, uh, the you know the the uh, the premiers of last year fronted up against a fledgling club who are trying to recover, and and they did quite well. Um, my club. It's my club plays on a Saturday. It's such uncertain times, yeah. and uh, any any sport we do get any little glimmer, uh, I think is is great for people to have something to watch. Um, 
Yeah, and uh, but of course the the health and safety of the players remains remains the same. The A League is uh, the, the the round ball game here in Australia is is forging on to try and get a conclusion to its season um, behind closed doors, of course. Um, so that that hopefully will uh, will will go through, and and we've still got rugby playing here as well behind closed doors. The Hawksby and Jacobs Daily Podcast from Talksport. Hawksby and Jacobs here on Talksport. Well, amongst bringing you all the latest uh, news and sport and the uh, details of the Belarusian Premier League and more, and the guests from around the world. Uh, we are going to raid the archive now and again over the next few weeks. Uh, different things happening next week that we've lined up for you. Before that, though, we, we'll tap in once again to um, some of the things we brought you from the 2018 World Cup. We've still got France and Brazil, yeah? yeah. <laughs> Don't worry about that. Yesterday, we uh, we were en route on the train, the overnight train from Moscow to St. Petersburg. Once in St. Petersburg, we had to go to the Hermitage, Hermitage, whatever you prefer, the most, one of the biggest and most famous museums in the world, pretty impressive place. We went there um, en masse and tried to bring it back to sport, <laughs> trying to give it a bit of a talk sport feel uh, as much as we possibly right. could. This is how it all unfolded. Earlier on we discovered that uh, Jordan Henderson and maybe a number of the other England players on their day off had come to the Hermitage. Is that uh, what it's called? Well, it could be the Hermitage, named after <laughs> Keith Hermitage, the former Bolton centre-half. That I made that up, there's, there's no such person. But we thought if, if it's good enough for uh, Jordan, if yeah. it's good enough for uh, Liverpool's midfield schemer, yeah. then it's good enough for us. It's, right, uh, it's yeah. supposed to be in a stunning building. Um, we even turned queuing for tickets into sport because there was yeah. about five different lines. I got in one, you got in the other, yeah. and I, I won by, by three furlongs, you didn't I? By at least six idiots who couldn't I picked work up the, the tab, but that, that, that's, the, that's, that's the least Why I can do. these people stand there trying to just work it out to buy a ticket? Yeah, it was quite a simple machine. But anyway, there's lots of different parts of this museum. Yeah. I was hoping to come to the actual art gallery, but sadly we seem to have ended up in the bit where there's antiquities. Yeah, there's a lot of antiquities, and you know, I, I like the odd antiquity, but you can only look at so many sixth-century arrowheads, really. <laughs> Especially when we're on a fairly limited timescale and there's quite a lot of football to watch. But join us now as we give you three idiots in the Hermitage. across a very interesting uh, part of the exhibition some uh, 6th century sewage pipes yeah just I just stand in I find just imagine the amount of effluent. stuff that's gone through that over the years <laughs> effluent is really. the correct word that's right this is one for the prodigy fans oh yeah um, this, they've got a, I've got a, a fire flint. striker with a bit of a bit of flint, flint. Instant fire striker. Twisted, <laughs> twisted fire striker with a bit of flint. A bit like one of those oh, barbecues. Look at this. That is, in fact, actually the earliest version of the UEFA Cup. It is. It's yeah. a very UEFA Cup look. Can you take pictures here? We'll be wrestled to the ground. Probably. <laughs> yes, uh, we have come up to something now called the Allens in the North Caucasus of the 6th and 20th century. It was Allen Brazil, yeah. Allen Parry. Yeah, uh, Alan Carr. Alan Carr, just some of the Allens. Alan Mullery. Just some of the Allens that, that were in the North Caucasus at this time between the 6th and 
I don't think that stacks up, does it? Sixth uh, and 12th centuries? Yeah. I mean, that's quite a long time, isn't it? Well, yeah. It's a long time I mean, that's a lot of hours. It's a long time to be doing the breakfast show. <laughs> We've come across uh, a horse wearing a full suit of armour mm. and a man wearing a full suit of armour. What were the handicappers thinking? Well, if he gets rid of the uh, iron suit, the armour, he'd win the race. He'd win the race. I think he'll get the trip. Um, yeah, I mean, there's no way you could... You could jump. I mean, even on the flat, that would be difficult, wouldn't it? We're trying desperately to bring it back to sport. <laughs> Clearly, this was used in some kind of battle. <laughs> Clearly. <laughs> now, we are in a sea of guilt, basically, yeah. which sounds very profound, but isn't. I mean, like, gold leaf and everything. It's a bit like being in David Sullivan's living room, isn't it? But not quite as flash. No, it's, it's pretty uh, similar. It is, but it is quite impressive, isn't it? But... Uh, yeah, it's, um, it's full on. It's full on. I could see him walking up these steps in one of his red velvet jackets. <laughs> Couldn't you? Signing players willy-nilly. It's got that kind of feel to it. He's a it? Scottish player, isn't he, willy-nilly? Yeah, willy-nilly. He's going to sign willy-nilly, the Scottish lad. Something called the Khazar Fortress of Sarkel, which I thought was a Marillion album. <laughs> I think I've got it at home. Certainly a track on an album. It was very good. They always played that one live. It had a 12-minute drum solo in it. That one there, that piece at the top, what's yeah. the point of that, really? <laughs> really, honestly. And Andy is pointing at a, a, a piece of... Uh, a, a piece of broken pot, basically. 8.34. Why do we all look at our watch when you said that? <laughs> no, the year... Your morning is 8.34. <laughs> Joining me live from the Khazar Fortress of Sarkel alongside me, Dean Saunders. Dino. <laughs> okay, so we've come across a sculpture here, and it's possibly one of the Allens from the Caucasus that we discussed earlier on. It is, it's Alan Bernard Brazil, isn't it? It's it AB is. Brazil. All you need to do, Paul, is go and stand behind it because you do a good Alan. And work it from the back. Work it from the back. Let's sit out of sight and people, yeah, people will think, blimey, Alan's it. Yeah. So it's, it's animatronic. It's like a stunning, it. it's a stunning, uh, stunning likeness, isn't it's it? Incredible, the hair yeah. especially. It's fantastic. I think yeah. it's, it's, of course, in pale, opaque, uh, kind of marble. So have you got any rouge? <laughs> <laughs> just... by the famous Hungarian artist whose name I've never heard of. Yeah. It's, um, I mean, the rooms are the stars, aren't they? They've got this oh, yeah, no mind, he's painting. No. <laughs> you might as well just get but rid no, of them. No, but if you, you know, if you were just kind of wandering the corridors oh, no. of a normal gallery, they wouldn't look so incredible. But we're in a kind of, again, we're, this is David Sullivan's dining room. <laughs> uh, he'd, have a, he'd have a big screen, I think, at the end of the wall there. But it is, um, yeah, I mean, it's got, it's got big, ornate... The chandeliers are very much in the... Uh, only fours and horses envelope, aren't they? That's probably the best way to describe them. Imagine three of those yeah. with Grandad at one end with a hammer. Um, but no, these are quite incredible rooms. Incredible paintings, but I feel very much influenced by Constable and Turner. You're saying you, you find his work derivative, Andy? Very, is very that, is derivative, that what you're saying? Yeah. OK, well, fine. Well, I, I beg to differ, <laughs> but we won't argue about that now. And uh, we come across, we were, that was the Tsar Library. Now there's photos of the Tsarinas. Yeah. Related, of course, to Tsarina Adams, who does the travel on top sport. Is that right? Yeah. God, gee, I'm learning quite a lot on this trip, I must say. I have no idea. I've been trying to work out what this building reminds me of, and I think I've come up with it. Ikea. Because 
It's impossible to find the exit, and it's absolutely massive. And there's a pretty good chance at the end that we can buy some meatballs for the freezer. <laughs> That was the uh, Hermitage. What a fantastic uh, building! What a fantastic collection of art! Oh, there was a absolutely there was a Reynolds in there. Yeah. That uh, there's a very famous painting. That you just sort of happen upon it. One of like millions of paintings in a room. But uh, they have kicked off in the second game of the <laughs> afternoon. As much as I like a little walk around a the gallery, there's football to be watched, and I'd that's say so. basically what we're here for. It's true. Pint anyone? <laughs> Remember those like days, kids? Remember? Well, it was. You couldn't find your way out. It was, we were 10 minutes trying to find our way out. Still, that uh, Ligonbury jam was rather nice. They laid on, wasn't it? But, yeah, remember those days, kids, when there was live football to watch? Well, there still is. Back to Boris off now, 2 0 down. Oh, dear. That's not great That's news, not is it? We've... I uh, I sent the producer the uh, statue the, of Alan. The statue uh, of Alan. We, we will out, we will Jamie, yes. we will tweet that out because it was quite uncanny. This was a so for real bust that we found in the museum <laughs> in brilliant. St Petersburg. Morning is the full on big Alan. <laughs> not red enough for me. I'll have to <laughs> colour it in. Back to Alan still maintains it looked nothing like him, but I think I think it did. <laughs> oh, I think it did. Uh, a Tottenham era Alan. I think it was. It was that. It's yeah, that it's sort of. It's Alan, that. It's true, that yeah. look. The Hawksby and Jacobs Daily Podcast from Talk Sport. Good afternoon, our old mate, uh, mm. regular contributor to the show, uh, who was was often with us on deadline day outside the Spurs training ground. Richard Cracknell Crackers, Crackers. Who's subsequently has moved mm. to the Canary Islands, where they yeah. have been in lockdown, like every other part of Spain. But it has allowed him to perfect his Canarian potato recipe, and he sent me a picture. <laughs> oh, so there we are, Canarian potatoes yeah. in all their glory. And he's been sending us some nice messages too. So much appreciated. Yeah, Crackers. stay thank safe, you. you and the family, Crackers. Thank you. Now the idea. Titterod went ahead. I don't know if you know what that is. Yeah, that's the, the yeah the big race, isn't yeah, it? I've the, actually covered that much. T- you, <laughs> explain what the Iditarod is. It's a dog race that takes place in Alaska. Yeah, uh, over thousands of miles, and uh, the dogs are huskies. They're wonderful, and uh, it was won by excuse me British-born musher. That's what they're called. Thomas Werner won the Iditarod Trail sled dog race across Alaska. Yeah. Eleven days it lasts. And uh, well done to him. Last night, was a, 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 I didn't see all of the show, but I was kind of in and out of the room while there was a programme about the coronavirus, obviously a very important mm. uh, p- a sort of <clears throat> public health programme, asking questions of those in charge, and people are concerned. But it threw up a name that you rarely hear. Oh, yeah, who is it? Because uh, a guy got in touch. Somebody had a question, and uh, they said, Oh, Ichabod's got a question. Ichabod? Yeah, it's back. Mm. Ichabod's back. Who's Ichabod? Well, it's a it's a name that's not often used. The only re- Ichabod Crane is the only Ichabod I know. The, you ever heard of the Legend of Sleepy Hollow? The book you ever heard of that? Oh, I've heard of it. Yeah. yeah. That's like a, not many. There's not how many. Whatever happened to Ichabods? I wouldn't open with it. <laughs> no. But it's true, isn't it? How, how many people do you know? How many? How many people do you know called Ichabod? I know none. <laughs> I know no Ichabod. And all you think I've of all the years, all the years you've been Ichabod, here. How many, any footballers called Ichabod? There can't Ichabod. be, can there? There can't be. Can there, mate? If you can think of one, let us, let us know. This is what we're calling the Ichabod Hour. It's come to this. That's bad. Therefore, and they're talking about Ichabod. Oh, dear. Rita Ora's Talking news. of which, I wish oh, yeah. you'd give a pat my old mate. To, we were talking earlier on about the return of football and when, when football will come back and it's being delayed and they're now saying April the 30th. Ichabod wants to know on line three. Ichabod on line three. We've got, oh, we got a whole sea of Ichabods on the screen. If you're called Ichabod, get in touch. Talk sport, if you know one, even. Uh, Talksport.com. 
Com, text 1889, tweet TS18J. But, um, yeah, um, we're thinking a lot about mm. the players that could be back when football does return, and maybe uh, that's wetting our appetite. But uh, my old mate Dan Meyer, uh, writer and Newcastle fan, said, whenever it comes back... Whatever stage football comes back, uh, Andy Carroll will still be a couple of weeks away. Of course he will. Of course he will. He's bound to be. Yes. It's, uh, it's Glenn Close's birthday today. Oh, is it? Yeah, okay, yeah. yeah. And I don't know if you know this, but it's not other... good for Glenn Close at the moment in these days of social distancing. Well, that's it. You don't want to get too close. But yeah. uh, other members of the Close family. Brian? Uh, well, that's oh, no, right. no, sadly, no longer no, with no, us. No, but of other course. members go around to Glenn's house and pelt her with cricket balls. Do, do they really? Head. And she shows the bruises. It's a tradition in the close family. In a photograph, <laughs> that's right. Yeah. And if you like your cricket, you get that. You'll yeah. get that one. I'm not explaining them all. No, don't feel the need <laughs> to, mate. The time. Don't Good feel thing. the need to. <laughs> the, uh, not many Ichabods. It's still very no, quiet. No Rita Ora's new single. Oh, yeah. It's losing out, according to the Sun Bazaar column, to her great rival, Dua Lipa. Oh, OK. So yeah. Is that sport? Well, well it, it kind of is. No, it's not. It's not sport, no. There you go. And the fact of the day in the Daily Star today... Wow. It's a bit, it's a bit sort of gloomy in a sense, but it is 1923. But in 1923, jockey Frank Hayes suffered a fatal heart attack, but his horse finished the race. And so came he, in first. he stayed on board. He's the only jockey ever to win the race after dying. And he got really. Don't know if the bookies paid out. I suppose they had to. Well, I really. suppose it's a bit like you are the steward, an equivalent of that. Like you know, you're in that happens in a race. What do you do as the steward of the race? I don't know. It's an unusual one, anyway. So yeah. There you go. Well, there we are. Thank you for that, Andy. Well, what a a weird that. sporting. Yeah. Facts exactly. you brought us and, today. Uh, yeah. There was this, one, this headline. You know, sometimes they associate fa- things with famous people for no reason at all. So the headline is "Quiet at Clooney Italian." Oh yeah. Well, what's that? Has he got a restaurant? Says, an Italian restaurant visited by George Clooney must make noise wow. reduction measures after neighbours complained. No one can sit outside Pazia in Sunning Hill, Berkshire, after 10 p.m. What's that got to do with George Clooney? Nothing, yeah. but it made me look at the story. So Great timing uh, by Russia as well, as we find ourselves in coronavirus lockdown globally. Um, they're going to send a spacecraft to the moon. Oh, they, what's the the point? Talk about a good day to announce it. <laughs> yeah. First time in 45 years. They're going to try and find water on the uh, surface of the moon. Um, and they yes, so well, what about that? They're, that? they're going back to see if it's changed. Well, it, it's ridiculous. <laughs> see if anybody's built McDonald's there. <laughs> Probably, that's true. Mm. I don't know. I'm still looking for these sto- small stories that... Uh, they are still there. Here's one. Mirza Shoibaig, 25, yeah. dangles motorbikes from his neck and pulls tractors with his teeth. Does he really? On his farm in Punjab, Pakistan. Great good for him. Still very quiet on the Ichabod front as well. <laughs> I, I mean, I thereby proving my point, really. <laughs> it may have been a pseudonym. I don't know. There's got to be a few out there, you would think, well, isn't there? A lot of Ichabods. Imagine they're going to hurt you. Know, say, say Ichabod. Well, Ichabod you know. Trevor would say. That's lightly really. Uh, anything else? Oh yeah, this is uh, it's Mother's Day, of course. This weekend it's going to be very. It's different. going to be a, it's going to be a very difficult oh, of Mother's Day. It's very yeah. sad. You we know. wanted, you know, we wanted to get my mum round. We've got the family there, right. but we just don't feel we can at the moment. It'll I mean, be uh, on Zoom, won't it? It'll be a video com- conference. It's not quite the yeah, same. It's not quite the same, is it? Mother's Day via video conference. <laughs> what can you do? <laughs> But the the star did this thing. They they did this thing. I'm sure people can play this game. Ten famous people under their mother's maiden name. So, for example, Gary Lineker would be known as Gary Abs. Oh, okay, right. It's quite quite good. Uh, Simon Cowell would be Simon Dalgleish. All right, no relation. Okay, and uh, Elizabeth Hurley. I promise you, this would be Elizabeth Tit. T I double T. That's her name. I'm not making it up. Is that is that her name? Yeah. 
Wow. Yeah, okay. Don't go there. I'm the, not saying anything. Have you seen the, the game that the government have suggested we all play? Yeah. Have you, have you no, seen I haven't it? seen this one. Every time, maybe you, you have a, a points tally, you can put up a board at home. It has mm. a, a public health um, reason for happening. But we all do it. We all touch our face all the time, and it's one of the things they're mm. expressly telling you not to do. So uh, I'll show you my nails. Eh? Your, your nails are fantastic oh, at the yeah. moment, like Barry White's misses. I've never, they've never seen him in such good nick. Go and look it up. That's a very old reference, but she had, she had very long nails. But um, no, it's been a habitual, lifelong nail biter. You have you been know, a nail yeah. biter. You used to put this kind of very bitter sort of oh, liquid try, on try, them try, back try, in oh, the day. Blimey, that was bad. Nails. It called stop and grow. And. Um, <sighs> Everything tasted of stop and grow. It didn't work. <laughs> you have a sandwich and the whole thing was stop and grow. It, was, oh, it was, drove me mad. But anyway, this, this game, been, Andy. This has been the best one. This yeah. game, and get used to this, because you could be hearing it a lot in the street. People may play it with strangers. That could lead to a fight, because it is a bit annoying. Oh, okay. So if, if you're sitting here, Andy, and just... I mean, I, I, I won't. I'm Virtually, I don't want you to touch your face, but if I saw you touch your face, I'd go, face! Really? Yeah, quite uh, aggressively say, face! Sometimes I touch my beard. But if I do that every time somebody touches their face, they're going to do it to you, and in the end, you'll get out of the habit, and you could have a kind of family scoreboard. It's not a bad idea, actually. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. That's a good idea. Well, well if get... you see me doing it, shout face at me. <laughs> I'm quite happy for you to do that. I will. Yeah. I'll do it for the next... bloke that was in the A team. He'll look around and go, yeah. what? <laughs> it's going to be difficult. It's going to be difficult for him, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. that's very true. He's still with us. I've got a feeling he might not be, but then we have to check that one. Um, in, this morning in the papers, uh, Andy, if I can find it, I can't. I typically can't find it now because I've got loads of bits of paper everywhere. I've got to look it? that up. David Soul. Oh, yeah. David Soul was... Um, from remember, from Star- Hutch. Yeah, not the plumber. Was, uh, well, it was a rugby player called that so it kind of would have worked but um, David Soul was talking about reality TV gigs uh, he's uh, been offered over the years and they said have they ever asked you to do them and he said I've been offered the lot of, uh, I'm a celebrity um, the, the dancing the ice dancing one mm. and something that he called please forgive me he called it he called it strictly come farting Really? And I thought somewhere, definitely yeah. almost certainly at Channel 5, <laughs> someone wrote that in a margin and thought, you know what? One a, 11 o'clock one night. It can't be a programme. <laughs> you know, celeb- there are celebrities that would say yes. I'm delighted to but say. But not David Soul. I'm delighted to say yeah. that Dirk Benedict, who played face in the A-Team, he's still very much with us. Aged. Face? You just touched your <laughs> oh, face yeah, there. Yes, you yes. just scratched your beard. You could say while you Dirk were Benedict if you want. That might be better. <laughs> that might anyway, be. he's still with us, thank goodness. That's good to hear. That's fantastic. The Hawksby and Jacobs daily podcast from TalkSport. Now, yes. uh, when we talked to Alan Fletcher earlier on, Dr. Carl from Neighbours. Um, we mentioned that the uh, the Aussie rules got underway uh, this morning mm. uh, behind closed doors, but uh, in the MCG with 90,000 plus people, it holds fairly eerie. The game, I think it was Richmond Carlton, wasn't it? The match it was on earlier on. Um, and there is something we've played in the past. If you've, if you've not been listening for a long time, you won't be aware of this, but it is one of the most bizarre. Um, commentary things in, in world sports. It involves a guy called Rex Hunt. And if you like fishing, you'll know that name. Rex made many uh, a fantastic uh, fishing show mm. over the years. But he's also uh, an Aussie Rules commentator, did uh, radio for a long time, and also mm. did a TV. I'm not sure if he's still at it. Yes. He's but one of the classic He is. He had this very, very quirky thing. And if you, go, if you can imagine Martin Tyler, Clive Tildesley, Motti or whoever, 
doing this, Steve Wilson, doing this now, it would be quite, it would be quite strange. Um, we tried to get Sam Matterface to do it immediately. He wouldn't mind. Yeah, I don't blame him. I don't blame Sam for not doing it or, or Jim Proudfoot. But when a game in Rex's eyes is over, if it was a game of football course, if the fifth goal went in with 15 minutes left, uh, he calls it, and he calls it in a certain mm. way, uh, the fat lady sings. So this is uh, Rex in action during the 2007 uh, Aussie Rules Grand Final. This is, this is the way he works. Paul Chapman, last year's best and fairest from the 50 to the punt road end. Another one! Bring her in, Rex. <laughs> Eight-minute mark, second quarter. The fat lady says the 44-year premiership drought <laughs> is over. Look at that. It's great, isn't it's it? It's the singing version of Bumble's Start the Car. <laughs> it is, really. But he played Rex. So I'm looking up here. He played for uh, Richmond. He played top level, 68 to 74, 74 to 75, G-long, and then finished at St Kilda. So he played for three top yeah, teams, so yeah. as well as being a commentator. He was a yeah. fine player. So, go on, Martin. Just when, when, it, when it comes back, just, uh, just have a Rex hunt during commentary. That would be fantastic. When Liverpool, go four when up. Liverpool go four up and they, they need to win that game to win the title. I'd love to hear Martin do that. Uh, he, could, yeah, he could do the fat lady for us. That would be good. But we'll see. It's a bit of, a bit of, he's got a bit of time to contemplate that yeah. uh, at the moment. It's not the best voice, really. It's a strange choice of thing to do when you yeah, can't actually when he, sing. He's not a, he hasn't got a great operating. It's kind of not the point, is it, no, really? First time I heard it, I was uh, when I was in Australia years and years ago, yeah. and I was in the car listening with my mate driving and we had the radio Aussie used to work the radio for you and we had it on and suddenly this incredibly high pitched noise came up oh, what the heck's going on my radio commentary just now of a sporting event yeah, yeah. and uh, and he explained uh, Rex's modus operandi you probably wouldn't be able to say that now so body shaming isn't it you, know, you should have to come up with another way of it's a, it's a, it's a, it's a, kind of as a phrase it's out there in the. I've not given it. You're probably right, and you've been very woke this afternoon. It's, it's very good of you. There's so much light. The Hawksby and Jacobs Daily Podcast from Talksport. Here we are. That's this afternoon show. Just remind if you're able to tune in tomorrow, you have particularly interesting and fond memories of Euro '96. We're going to have a little sporting memories session. Um, so uh, we want your tales of Euro '96 for a little we half go hour. Back to Euro 2016 for a bit of archive. Okay, we might do that. Okay, until then, keep safe, and we will catch up with you tomorrow. You've been listening to the Hawksby and Jacobs Daily Podcast. Hear the guys every weekday between one and four PM on Talksport. Hey, it's Paige Desorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more, with Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style.